There's a problem that exists in the world today that existed in Bible times, and that is people do not understand the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the Holy Spirit. Acts is a book, uh, it's called a book, it's an ancient writing, historical record of the early church, of what the church looked like when Jesus rose from the dead and the church started out. And in this historical record, there are stories of history, church history, uh, that happened and that relate to us exactly, you know, how things looked, what was going on in the church world. And here's what the book of Acts says about that time. Apollos was in Corinth. Now, here's, here's what you need to know is that the disciples and followers of Jesus would kind of divide up to conquer. Okay? Like, you go that way, I'll go this way, and we'll tell everybody about Jesus. And so that would happen. And so different ones went different ways. And Apollos, we find out, and you can search the Bible, find out that he was a, a powerful speaker. That he was a powerful presenter of the gospel of Jesus. And so he went one way. And Paul says he, I, he took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There, Acts tells us, he found some, what? Disciples. In other words, he found people who had accepted Jesus, right? They're disciples. They're followers of Christ. And, and he found some. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And notice what they answered. No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. There are many people in the world today who do not know about the Holy Spirit. You could be reared in church and not know really about the Holy Spirit. Now, thank God, I believe that's changing. There are many life-giving churches like Crossroads Church who are telling people about all three people presented in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. However, some people are like, God, now I like that. I like the Father. You know, to have a Father, I, I, I like that. I like Him being my Father. And, 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 you know, Jesus, the Son of God, to die on the cross for me, take my sin. I like that. But now that Holy Spirit part, I, I'm not quite sure about that. And many people, I believe, it's just misinformation. For, for many people, it's, it's just misunderstanding. For a lot of people, it's just they, they're, they're confused and they haven't really heard what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. But as a life-giving church, I don't know about you, but I want all God has for me. Are you with me on that? I want all God has. So some people, it's just their, their confusion is the packaging. It's not what's inside. It's the packaging. It's what you've seen. It's the way maybe people misrepresented. It's the, it's the abuses. It's the different things, the weirdness that, that can come along with people. And so here's what I want to start out with this morning is don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Anything God has, and I'll probably say this more than once today, 
Anything God has is good because God is good. Come on, somebody, right? He is good. So I want to talk to you about baptism today. And here, here's the thing you need to know about baptism. The word baptism just means this, immersed, to be immersed. In other words, when you say baptism, that doesn't mean water baptism until you put water in front of it. To say baptism simply means this, to be immersed in. Because the Bible actually teaches, and we're going to find this today because I'm going to teach you about three baptisms. I had somebody in the first service that my handout needs to be bigger because I outwrote it, okay? So maybe today you'll need to write down some things that maybe the Lord will help you to understand about baptism that you didn't know because you may not have known that the Bible teaches about three baptism. Here's the first baptism that you can write down. We are baptized into the body of Christ, the Bible says. Now, what is that? That's salvation. When you get saved, you are baptized into the body of Christ. It's not about joining a church. And by the way, it's never been about joining a church. It's never been about going to church. You, you could join every church in town and not be saved. And you could be saved and not join a church. Actually have a true membership there. But I believe you'll want to be part of the church because it's his body. And that'd be like saying, I like you, but I don't like your body. That's insulting. Or, or how many know, maybe put it this way, the, bo the body is also called the bride of Christ. How, how about insulting if you said, I like you, but I hate your bride. I don't want to hang out with your bride. See, that's offensive. And so if we love God, we love his bride. If we love God, we love his body. And the body of Christ is what we're immersed in. Salvation is not about joining the church. It's about being immersed into Jesus. To be so immersed into him that what happens is, is anything that used to look like you is kind of getting washed off of you. And, and it's revealing more and more of Jesus in you until you become like the disciples were described as. They took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Not that they had gone to church. See, it's not about, oh, you pulled out your driveway this morning. Oh, they must be Christians. That's not what it's about. It's about, are you immersed into God. It's never been, it's never, listen to this, it's never been about casually going to church or casually following after Christ. To go to church every other week or whenever it's convenient or if we're not going, if there's not a better offer somewhere or something like that, if I can get around to it or whatever. It's never been about that. 
It's always been about being immersed into a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and His body. That's what it's about. And so Paul talks about this, teaches this. First Corinthians, pulled up for me. Here's what it says. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Look at what this says in this next writing. Galatians. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were what? Baptized into Christ. And look at that. He describes it. You've clothed yourselves with Christ. In other words, again, it's not about going to church or whatever. It's about I put him on this morning. I put him on in my life. I'm clothed with him. I'm immersed in him. People take note that we have been with Jesus. It is the salvation experience. Now, I want you to know that the disciples needed a salvation experience. When Jesus was on the earth before the cross, all the disciples followed Jesus under the old covenant. Until Jesus died on the cross, that, that was the beginning of a new covenant. He became the one ultimate sacrifice for one, for all, for all time, all sin, all people, everywhere, everyone in this place. You didn't have to bring a sacrifice this morning. He is your sacrifice, right? And, and so he, he did that. But before that, they were following like Old Testament followers. But look at what this says in John. John was one of the followers of Jesus. He said, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Now, let me just stop here and say, I appreciate the honesty of the Bible. Because these guys, John didn't make himself look good. He said, when Jesus was crucified, we thought they'd come after us next. And so here's what we were doing. We weren't like, oh, we're, we're followers of Jesus. No, we were scaredy cats. And we were hiding in the house altogether because we wanted to die together because we thought they'd come hunt us down. And so we had the doors all locked, everything barred so that no one could get in. But I love the humor of the Bible too because it says that Jesus came and stood among them. I don't know if he walked through the wall, if he walked through the door. I don't know if he just materialized. I don't know exactly how he got in there, but he got in there. And so what did he need to say next? Peace be unto you, right? Peace be with you. Because they were freaking out. You're supposed to be dead. We thought you were dead. After this, he showed them, hey guys, it's me. You know, here, here, look, it's me. The disciples were overjoyed when they realized it was him. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, John said. He breathed on us and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is when the disciples received their born again, you might call it, experience. This is when they got under the new covenant because Jesus had died 
gone to cross and had risen from the dead. And so now they're on the other side of the cross. And now Jesus says, you receive the Holy Spirit. Because listen to this, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. Some people teach, well, if you didn't have a particular gift or whatever happening in you, that, that you didn't receive something. But I'm telling you, you, you receive it. Now look at what Luke tells, because here, here's the thing, Matthew Mark, Luke, John are in your Bible. Okay, if you own a Bible, here's what that is. Four different perspectives on the life of Jesus. Okay, now two out of the four were actual followers. Two weren't. Two became followers after the resurrection. But all four of them felt prompted to write about the life of Jesus. And I'm so thankful because now we have four different perspectives on the life of Jesus. And so let me just help you. That, that helps you to understand that sometimes you'll read something in one and then you'll find it in the other one. And you say, oh, well, that sounds kind of like that story I read in Matthew. Or, or then there's sometimes when you read a story in Matthew and you say, well, John didn't even tell about that. I'm glad Matthew did. I wouldn't even known about that. Because they all wrote from different perspectives. But sometimes they wrote about the same thing. And Luke did. Look at what it says. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. Same line, right? Same story, same situation. Here, here's what it says. And he says, I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now, in other words, it's not happened yet. I breathed on you to receive the Holy Spirit. But there's more for you to receive. I'm sending more. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's sending more. There's more on the way, okay? There's more where that came from. And so he, he, they had not received an immersion yet with the Holy Spirit. They had been immersed into Christ, but not immersed into the Holy Spirit. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But Luke tells us this story again in the book of Acts. Okay, the historical record of the church. Here's what he says. After his suffering... He presented himself to them. Here it is, same thing. And gave them many convincing proofs that he's alive. Here's my hands, here's my feet. And, and he appeared to them over a period of 40 days, spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say wait. Wait for the gift of my, that my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days. That's not today. That's not yesterday. That's not you already have it. But in a few days. It's future tense. Everybody see that? In the, in the future, in the future, future days, few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
And so we see that there's three baptisms that the Bible talks about. That first baptism is being immersed into Jesus and his body. Here's the second baptism is water baptism. Water baptism. It's a separate experience from salvation. Doesn't have anything to do with you being saved or not saved necessarily. In other words, you are not more saved or you're not saved because you get water baptized. Because you're saved, you get baptized. Okay? And, and, and here's why. It's, it's not a work of you that gets you into heaven. Because if it took water baptism to get you into heaven, then you have to do something. And you can't do something to get forgiven. You can't do something to get washed. You can't do something to get clean. You can't do something to earn heaven. There's no way you can work till you are dead on the ground and never, ever, ever deserve to go to heaven. Right? There's no way. No way you can make it. You're, you're not that good. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not that good. You're not that good. And, and so it, it's, it's the second act. After you've been saved. Because here, let me help you with this. You get saved in your seat, but you show it in the water. Okay? So you, you get saved privately, but this is about public. This is about showing and demonstrating your salvation. And, and there's so much confusion on this because even the words that we say, there's some people say, oh, well, you, when you get baptized, make sure they say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And somebody says, oh, no, that's not how you get baptized. That, that's not the right way. The right way to get baptized, you want to make sure they say, in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that you will not get to the gates of heaven and Jesus stop you and say, oh, you know what? When you were getting baptized, when you were underwater, they said the wrong thing. <laughs> Can't let you in. That is not going to happen. That is not going to happen. So whether you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, or, or Jesus, or all of them, all right? Any and all and whatever. And I don't care if they messed it up, didn't even get the words right or whatever. It's not about that. It's about following the Lord in baptism. And let me tell you something. It's important to do it because over 27 times in the New Testament, it talks about they believed and were baptized. So after you believe, after you get that first baptism, then you need to get baptized in water. Acts chapter 2, I think it's verse 41, talks about they accepted the word and then they were baptized. So salvation is private. In a few moments, just like in the first service, we had people who were born again today already. Will you get excited about that? All right. Because heaven gets excited about that. Already in the first service, about five people raised their hands around the room to, to come and to get baptized into the body of Jesus, into the life of Jesus. But then after that, you go public with your faith. 
See, it's like a wedding ring. That's how I like to illustrate it. Wearing this ring does not make me married. In other words, if I take it off, I can't go clubbing. Okay? Right? It's, it's not, I'm not on the market, ladies. All right? All right? I am off the market. Because whether I have the ring on or off doesn't make any difference, right? Because that's not what got me married. What got me married was I made a promise. I came into a covenant relationship. Rochelle and I made covenant promises under God to each other that sealed our lives together. It ha- it, the ring, what the ring does is just shows you I'm married. That's all it does. And baptism doesn't make you saved. It just shows you are saved. It shows you are born again. And so we want to show it. We want to demonstrate it. Why? Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10. He says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. And so we acknowledge him. Paul said it this way, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the salvation of God to him that believes. So I'm not ashamed of it. And we make it so easy at Crossroads Church to get baptized in water. We have baptism classes every month. If you didn't go to this month, you go to next month. And by the way, we've got one more baptism before the end of the year. And so if you've not been water baptized, if you've had the first baptism, you've been saved, you've been baptized into the body of Christ, you've been baptized into Him, but you've not taken the next step to show it in baptism, you need to get signed up today and you need to get baptized in water because that's what they did. And it demonstrates our faith. It's a second step in our journey. But there's a third step. All right? And it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The disciples were told, wait. It's not, it's not time. It's not, you have, didn't already get it. You didn't already receive it all, but you're going to receive an immersion. And here's what I would like to illustrate it as. If I had a glass of water up here and I filled it as full as I could get it all the way to the tip top, and and maybe it's even running over a little bit, we'd say, that's filled. That's filled. And when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. He wants to fill your life. But if I took that glass and threw it into the deep end of the pool, now it's immersed. It's immersed. And what Jesus wanted for his disciples then, and what he still wants for his disciples today, is he wants his disciples to be immersed. Not just filled, but completely saturated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me demonstrate these three baptisms. They're all spoken of in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. But when they believed. Now see, that, that they got saved, right? They believed. 
Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the, God, of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were then baptized. That's the second one. See, they took the first step, they believed, and then they took the second step, and they were baptized in water, both men and women. Now, look what else happens. When the apostles in Jerusalem, their headquarters, heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. They said, you guys better go check this out, see what this is about. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not... Hold on. They've already been baptized into Jesus. They've already been baptized in water. But look at what he says. They'd simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And so what they did is they, Peter and John placed their hands on them. And what happened? They received the Holy Spirit. They were immersed into the Holy Spirit. See, God didn't want you to get mixed up about how your salvation comes to you. It is absolutely, totally, 100% free. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. In spite of who you are, Jesus died for you so that you could know him, so that you could be forgiven, washed, cleansed, set free of all your sin, and go to heaven, a heaven, by the way, you'll never deserve. Okay? That's the good news. That's good news. But then after that, that's what he's done. And he did it all. But these next two baptisms, you have to do something. See, you have to get in the water. He's not going to lift you up and put you in the water. You're going to have to do it. And he's not going to take you and baptize you in the Holy Spirit on his own. You have to do something. In other words, he says to you and I, he says, I did the first work, now you do the next. I took the first step, now you take the next step. I came toward you, now you come toward me. And here's what he says in 1 John chapter 5. Look at this. There, there were three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Now, what's Spirit, water, and blood? What would that symbolize? Spirit, Holy Spirit, water, water, baptism, and blood, salvation, right? And these three agree as one. Next verse. And, and so, oh, okay, so be filled with the Spirit. Never mind. We didn't put it all up there. If you'll keep reading, he talks about the relationship between all of those three. And talks about how that we need all three of those in our faith journey. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. There are some of you that you, you've come to faith in Christ. And you need the next step of water baptism. You've never done that. And it's so easy. It's so simple for you to be able to do that. For others of you, you've done that, but you've not done this last one. And I don't know what's holding you back, but I want to help you to not allow anything to stop you on your journey. So let me tell you about my journey. When I was about seven, eight years old, I decided this. I don't want to go to hell. 
Anybody with me on that one? And I didn't know everything there was to know about hell. It's just I knew enough. I've heard enough. Okay, I I do not want to go there. And and so I became a Christian. I, I, I confessed Jesus to be my Savior, to come into my life. And, and then after that, I heard about water baptism and how you need to be water baptized after you come to faith in Christ. And so I signed up and I got water baptized as a kid as well. And, and so that's all good and everything, except I, I had no power in my life, really. I loved Jesus. I loved His church. I loved the things about God. And I heard about more of God, and I saw more of God, but I didn't really experience it because I would always be timid. I wouldn't want to talk to my friends at church or at school, rather, about Jesus and invite them to church. And I knew how to be doing that. I was intimidated. I was an introvert. I was shy. I didn't want to, I didn't want to speak up. And so it was hard for me. And so I, I just kept on keeping my faith mostly to myself. And, and, and yet he was calling me. I could feel like there's more. I just know there's got to be more. And look how stinking bold that person is. That's awesome. I would love to be like that. And look how free they worship. And, and so finally... As I kept seeking after God and wanting more of God in my life and feeling a call into ministry, then, then God immersed me in the Holy Spirit. It's the only, only way I know to describe it. Is he immersed me in the Holy Spirit. So much so that, that I began to speak in a language that I had never learned. Now, I don't know what your experience is. I'm not saying that's got to be your experience or whatever. I'm just saying that's my experience. I'm just telling my story today. You can tell your story next week or some, some other week, all right? But my story is then, then that happened in my life. And after that, I began to feel more boldness. I began to preach in my youth group eventually preach in front of my church, which was hundreds of people, and began to lead in worship. I didn't even know I could sing enough that anybody would even want to come out, okay? Not run out of the room or whatever, because I'd never sung in church before. And I started leading worship. As a matter of fact, the first few years of this church, I was the worship leader in the Regal Cinema. And so I, I begin to do that. And, and then just to think of starting this church. I mean, who does that? Who, what introverted person, what shy person, what, what person would want to do something like that? And what, who would want to do it twice? You know, do it up by Chicago with no people you don't even know. You weren't reared around or nothing. Nobody knew you. No, you don't know anybody. And do that. And then do it again. Sign up for it again. Who does that? What son of a used car salesman from the west side of Indianapolis would do such a thing? I'm letting you in on my secret sauce this morning, okay? 
I'm letting you in on the reason that this building sits here, the reason why we have this property, the reason why lives are changed and transformed every week by the mighty power of God and the reason why there have been people launched into ministry from this church, the reason why there are yet more to come is because of God working by the power of His Spirit. So I I don't want to take any credit. I could not pull this off. But I'm telling you how it happened. I'm telling you who has really been behind it. Because who does the saving, the healing, the reaching, the building, the touching, the changing, the transforming. It is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's why Jesus said, you better wait. Because you need this. And you know what? Some of you need this. You need it. And I'm going to tell you why you need it. Because you're just as called as I am. Just because I earn my living being a pastor of this church and you are a plumber or you are an attorney or you're a teacher or you're an administrator or you're a house person, uh, you're, maybe you clean homes, maybe, maybe I don't know what you do, maybe you're just uh, a person that you, you, you don't even know what you're supposed to do yet, I'm telling you, here's what you are, you are a child of God, called by God to the power of His Holy Spirit, anointed of the Spirit of God to be used of Him, to help other people be transformed by the same power that has transformed you. So I want to walk you through real quickly as we wrap this up on how you can be filled with the Spirit. Because in Ephesians, Paul says it like this. Don't be drunk on wine in excess. Don't do that. But be filled with the Spirit. Why? You were born for the supernatural. And if you don't get it through the Holy Spirit, you'll seek it through something else. You can just guarantee. If you don't tap into the supernatural of God, you'll look for it in something else. Because there's something in you. You were born for it. You were made for it. You were born to live in the supernatural power of God. So here's the first thing you need to do. Remove all barriers. Remove all barriers. God has more steps for you. God has more steps for me. God has something yet for us to do. For some of you, again, it's that first step to get saved. To to have your sins removed and forgiven. And I'm going to let you do that here this morning. If you haven't already done so. For others of you, it's getting baptized, getting signed up today. So you can get baptized. This last baptism in November that's going to happen in 2018, you're going to do no more excuses. You're going to make it happen. You're going to show God and everyone around that you are a child of God. And for others of you, you need to serve. Just like when Matt was up here talking about ministering to children. There's some of you that you know. Mm, That's me. 
but you're not doing it. There's others of you that you're supposed to be a greeter. There's others of you. You've been a life group so long, and it's high time you start leading one. And you know you could if you would. And maybe God's telling you to step out into that, to take that next step, uh, and that exercise of beginning to step out. Look at what Acts 2 says. It says, they repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's for you. Now turn to the other person that you didn't want to talk to, or you maybe you did want to talk to, and say, it's for you too. <laughs> All right? And your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So it's for everybody. So when I'm up here talking about the power of the Holy Spirit coming to my life, you can't just say, oh, Craig, that must be for you, man. That's awesome. I'm so glad for your experience or whatever and all, and all like that. But no, no, no. It's for everybody. It's for everyone in the house. It's for all of us. So just remove that barrier that it's for some and not for others. The Bible says it's for you. And then the second thing you need to do is request the gift of the Holy Spirit. You request the gift of the Holy Spirit. You ask him, everything God has is good. It's all good. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I need supernatural in my life. I don't want normal life. Because normal in our culture isn't working. Families coming apart. People coming unglued. People so disturbed, so distraught, so messed over, so jacked up in their life. I don't need that. Don't want more of that. I want something more than that. Help me, somebody. More than that. And so the Holy Spirit has more for us. Look at what Luke says. He records this. If you then were evil and you know how to give gifts, good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's just waiting for us to ask Him. And here's the last one, is receive it. Receive Him by faith. See, God works with faith. Twelve disciples were in the boat. Only one walked on water. All twelve could have I'm convinced of that. But only one got out. And see, that's what you got to do. You got to get out. You got to, if you're going to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. You, you got to leap out in faith. You've got to decide and choose to, to take a step of faith. And he's inviting many of you to take that step of faith. Look at this real quick. Prophecy in Ezekiel. Here's what it says. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hands, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through water that was ankle deep. That's all the deeper some of you are spiritually. Okay? You, you're in deep enough. You're, you, and here's what it is. It's like somebody in the baby pool. It's like an adult. You go to the public pool, and you're like, what is that adult doing playing in the baby pool? I mean, they don't even have a baby. <laughs> they're, they're playing in the baby pool. That's crazy. That's, that's nuts. But that's how some people do. 
They're only in ankle deep. But here's what he says. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Now, this is where some people start getting a little bit more spiritual. They almost get their hands in the air. You know, about down here. And so they're about to tell somebody about Jesus, but not quite. And they're about to volunteer for something, but not yet. And so they're knee deep. But look what else he said. He measured off another thousand. And he led me through water that was up to the wet. Now, now it's getting a little bit deeper. See, there's some people who, who come and they worship. And there's some people volunteer a little bit here and there. And, and, and all. But, but notice, whether you're in ankle deep, knee deep, or, way, or waist deep, there's something in common. You're in control. And there are many people who want to stay in control. I don't want to get out of control. But look what else he says. He says, I measured off another thousand. And, and now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. God is inviting everyone in this room to get out of your shallow experience with Him. Your little baby pool experience. Your ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, I'm in control experience and instead launch out into something where it's beyond what you can control. Some of you, you need to get out in the deep end. You need to get out in the deep waters. You need to push out by faith and get out there where the Bible says, if you'll keep reading this, it says that's where the life was. That's where the life was. And see, some of you are missing the life. You're missing the full life that God has for you because you want to stay in the shallow. I don't know about you, but shallow isn't going to cut it for me. I don't need shallow. And let me tell you something. If you get the right diagnosis, shallow won't do it for you either. You'll realize I need to tap into something beyond myself. If you get enough hell going on in your marriage, if you get enough hell going on in your family, if you get enough things, and and I hope it doesn't take that for you. I hope today I inspire you to let you know that there is more. There is something that can take a shy little kid and raise him up to build a church in Avon, Indiana. And if he can do that in me, he can do something great in you this morning and I believe he wants to I believe he wants to let's pray Father in heaven through the Holy Spirit draw any person unto you who needs you today maybe you're here today and you'd say Craig I'll be honest enough to say I, I, I need that first baptism I need that first one It's not about going to church. It's not about being religious. I want to know God. I want to be immersed in Him. 
I want to know him. I want to, I want it to be so immersed that all my sin is washed away, that I am cleansed, I'm forgiven, all the guilt is gone, and I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. If that's what you want today and you're ready to receive it, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand right now and say, Yes, that's me. I need that. I need that. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. How many others today? Yes, back here. God bless you. All right, several around the room have raised their hands. Some people are coming to faith. Crossroads Church family, people are coming into the family of God right now. I want you all to pray with me. Every person in this place, just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to pay for my sin. Today, I want to start over. So I'm asking you to wash away my past. Wash away my guilt. Baptize me into Jesus. As much as I know how, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on. Somebody get excited about those who have come into faith. Like I said, for some of you, it's getting baptized in water. But for many of you, it's this third step you're lacking. And I, again, I want to let you in on on something that can change your life forever. And if you're here this morning and you'd like what I'm talking about, you'd like to experience it. And maybe maybe you're here and you say, well, I just don't understand it. Well, let me tell you something. I don't understand getting on this big tube of metal with two wings on it out here at Indy International. And then two hours or so later, I'm in Miami. I don't understand that. But I get on it because I don't have to understand it. I just know it works. And I don't pretend to understand everything about God, but I know He works. He works. And He can take you places where you'd never go. So stand with me. And our worship team is going to lead us in a worship song about the Holy Spirit. And if you want, need, or are are just desperate for more power in your life and those around you, I want you to come right now. Just begin.